0: Hi, I am Sophie Vaux, and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In this new series, I am focusing on portraits of women who have an outstanding career in games. How did they get into games? How did they reach their high position in career? What have been their personal and career choices to get to their level? And why? I want to bring more light to the wide range of career paths available for women in leadership positions in the industry and to inspire you to dream big for your life and career too. Let's begin. Today, I am recording a very special episode for the occasion of the one-year anniversary of the Rise and Play podcast. I can't believe it's been a year since I started the podcast. When I started it, I didn't imagine it would grow so big as a community with the speakers and amazing leaders but have been sharing their personal stories and leadership practices. And so for this one-year anniversary episode, I wanted to reflect on my own leadership as it's been three years since I started the new casual studio at Voodoo, and I wanted to take this time to reflect back what has happened and what did I learn? As you know probably from me, I always look back, try to learn and iterate and improve for the future. So let's begin with an article that I recently wrote in a collaboration with IronSource about leading teams as a Stoic. I often ask other leaders in my podcast interviews, what keeps you up at night? When I ask myself this question, I cannot think of anything, but how do I keep my team together on our mission to create something bigger than ourselves? This question keeps me busy all the time. I previously wrote in the article of constructor of Fun on building dream teams why, if you're looking to achieve in life and business, you first need a great team. Without a team, you've got no product. And without a product, no business. Building and rebuilding a great team takes time, lots of energy, and financial backing. Naturally, I often think about the threats that can endanger the most precious thing I have built over the years a high-performing, well-functioning, and fun team to work with. To clarify what I mean by threat, I'm referring to any event that has the power and potential to dissolve the team. From observing the past few years, we can see that things can destroy a team. A global pandemic, a war, company reorganization, market changes such as IDFA deprecation, NFTs, metaverse, health and personal issues, team conflicts, and more. So, what can we do about it? As leaders, we tend to believe that we are responsible for every action and have control over its outcomes. The reality is that we have very little control over what's going on around us. It takes wisdom to know the difference between exactly what we have control over and what we don't. I will share leadership tools I have used to navigate and lead my team under constant uncertainty, and what you can take away for your own leadership practice. Identify what you can change and what you cannot. Over the years, I have been reading a lot about Stoicism to elevate my leadership thinking, emotional management, and wisdom. Stoics highlight the importance of keeping a constant clarity of mind and letting go of the urge of having control. Here's the quote Identify what you can change. And what you cannot change. Accept the things you cannot change and have the courage to act on the things you can change. When I started the process of letting go of the things I didn't control, I had to first understand what events could affect me. I classified the events into four types based on their source. First, external events. Any events basically that happens outside of work. This includes global events like pandemic, financial crisis or war. Second, Organizational events. Any event that is related to the organization, such as a reorganization, strategic pivot, or a wave of layoff. This is the reality of any organization I have been in. There are and will always be company changes, and they will affect your team in some way. Third, are team events. Any event that happens inside the team related to how we work, which projects we work on, and who we work with. It could also be events on a personal level, including family and relationship issues, financial debt, or physical challenges. And fourth and the last, my events. Any event that's happening internally, how I feel, what I think, what I fear. When I consider the things I didn't control, it was mostly everything that was happening around me. I don't control the COVID regulations and how they affect my team. I don't control the consumer demand and market, what players want and what competitors might do. I don't control whether the CEO decides on a big strategic change or even decides to shut down our studio. I don't control if someone from my team is going through personal issues. And above all, I don't control how my team members feel about everything going on. The first time I did this mental exercise, I felt helpless. I realized how little control I had over everything, especially my team. For a while, I assumed that it was my responsibility to assure the team feels comfortable that they were under my protection. I learned the hard way that I didn't have the power or the responsibility to change how people feel. The only thing I could control was myself, how I respond to events. First is my perception. I am responsible for how I perceive, judge, and interpret events outside of myself. I own what is going through my mind. And second, my actions. I am responsible for how I respond to those events, my actions and behaviors. So here's how I approach building a new studio at Vodou with a stoic mindset. In early 2020, the global pandemic provoked German regulation that everyone had to stay at home. Originally, I planned to build a full team on site to promote close collaboration, trust, and creativity. Half of the team had relocated to Berlin for the job, but a few months after we were formed, we all had to work from home. Then came my fears and negative perception, I remember very vividly all the worries that came to my mind. The team is brand new, just one month old. They will never be able to build the same trust remotely, so our foundation won't be stable. We won't survive this year. And so I switched to a stoic mindset where I accepted what I could not control, telling myself, what can I do about it? I don't have control over the COVID restriction. It is a bummer, for sure, but compared to everyone's safety, safety is a priority, And even if it's tougher to perform well together, we will do our best within the circumstances. And then I switched my perception of the situation, telling myself, we are all lucky to be in good health, have a place to live and get paid to work remotely. We get to work with amazing talents and focus on our passions. They are far worse situations. To at last, thinking as, if our studio has to close by the end of the year, so be it. I will not compromise anyone's safety and well-being for financial gain. I will not compromise on my values. So focusing on what I can control, I started to think of the questions on how to sustain a great culture and environment despite remote working. Or how can I manage my fears and anxiety with studio's future so uncertain? I believe the best and most effective way to form a team is by experiencing the full game life cycle from the launch to sunset. During our first month, we dove straight into developing games through a game jam. Three small teams developing three games within one month. As a result of the jam, we created Plantopia, a match gardening game. It was our first game launch and the game that ultimately formed our team. And I also had to tackle my insecurity of building a new studio in tough conditions and with very high expectations from leadership. I was very stressed in the studio's early days, uncertain that this team would stay together, Uncertain about the studio direction as a new business at Voodoo, and uncertain if making games was even important in the context of a global crisis. I was aware that my stress levels would eventually impact both my team and my ability to lead it. So I decided to get support from a coach and a therapist. It was the first time that I recognized that I needed help. As a result, these three years have been filled with tremendous personal transformation, entrepreneurially and emotionally. The fact is, there will always be uncertainty. The only thing you can influence directly is your perception and your action. So what does this mean when it comes to leading your team? What exactly do you need to focus on? As a team lead, it's tempting to want to control everything, but the most impactful area is the team. So let me tackle this in different parts. First, there is the team structure and evolution. I love the analogy from Jim Collins Getting the right people on the bus. Your role as the team lead is to make sure you have the right people on the bus and in the right seats. It's essential to recognize when the bus is going to a new destination and that some people may not be up for the ride. Your responsibility is also to help those people get off the bus when the time comes. And what keeps the team motivated the long term is autonomy, mastery and relatedness. While you might be able to create autonomy and relatedness on your own, mastery is more challenging. Do your team members keep growing and learning with what they do? Are they using their best strengths and skills? Are they challenged at their skill level or even above it? While you cannot control how people feel, you can support their development with training, assigning the right people to the right projects and defining adequate team goals. Then you can look at team system and culture. First thing is founder values. As the studio lead, my main responsibility is not only to create amazing games, but also to create an environment for amazing teams to create amazing games. When I'm speaking about the team environment, I'm specifically referring to culture and processes. As the lead, the culture starts with you. The values you embody, the way you act, and the decisions you make. And full transparency. The core value of our culture is to treat everyone on the team as equal partners with full transparency about every situation. For example, when I decided to stop running our game Plantopia, it wasn't a management top-down decision, but a decision I made for the studio long-term viability. I shared the whole business case and my reasoning with the team, giving the team comprehensive insights empowers them to autonomously make better decisions in the future. And constant growth. We look back and reflect on everything we do, we have regular retrospective and post mortem documented on Notion. Then you want to think about the leadership system. Although we were not a big team, I decided to create a leadership group inside the studio. This way, not all of the strategic thinking and decision making relies on one person. I wanted to surround myself with a team of partners rather than employees to tackle the challenge of cracking new casual games at Voodoo together. With one lead per craft, we ensured everyone in the team had a close supervisor for one-on-one development talks. Breaking down the team into smaller, tight groups reinforced everyone's sense of belonging and psychological support. No one ever felt alone or helpless during the tough times. And then there's the other part you're responsible for, which is the studio vision, strategy, and communication. As the lead, you are responsible for setting the long-term vision and goals of a studio. To affirm the team's sense of purpose, it's critical to give them a long-term goal, the why. Your team will need this, especially in hard times, when some might ask themselves, why? Why am I enduring this pain? Here are examples of processes we set in place to ensure transparent, open, and regular communication about studio goals and direction. Quarterly reviews. I review the studio strategy every quarter and update the team on our strategy. What we achieved last quarter, which goals we missed, and why, and what we're aiming for the next quarter. Monthly all-hands Once a month, I run an all-hands meeting to go over the studio topics, including people, strategy, and company updates. I leave the end of the session open for Q&A and for people to share their concerns. Monthly Pulse Survey Once a month, I gather team feedback about our strategy and culture through an anonymous survey. This way, people can always feel comfortable sharing how they feel about the current direction of the studio or culture. Team one-on-one. I have a one-on-one with everyone on the team. biweekly with my direct reports and monthly with my indirect reports. This is the place where anyone can ask me specific questions about the strategy or company with full transparency. On top of that, the craft lists also have a regular one-on-one with the people from their craft ensuring the same level of close communication and transparency with each team member. Strategic offsites. Twice a year, we gather with the team to reflect on the past six months in the studio and focus on a specific theme. For example, our very first offsite was about building social connections in the team. So we rented a house in nature to work together and exchange ideas on what we could do better in the studio's future. And fear setting and kill scenario. When there are important studio changes, We gather in a workshop to talk openly about our fears and list the situations that can affect our studio. The benefit of this exercise is to crystallize individual and collective fears, give a safe space for the group to express those fears, and identify actionable ways to mitigate the fear scenario from happening. The important piece about transparency is to always share the reality of the risk with the whole team, not only to leads. Being fully transparent is an essential part of the process of building an anti-fragile team. It reinforces the trust, maturity, and resilience of the group. So to summarize it, after the things that you should focus on, the team, communication about the vision and strategy, it's all to say that the only thing you can really control is you. As a leader, you cannot control events and uncertainty in a team. Only the way you act, respond, and behave can influence the actions and behaviors of others. If you are negatively affected by the events, it will negatively impact your team. Fear creates more fear. Distrust creates more distrust. The opposite is also true. If you display confidence and calm, no matter what happens, the team will also feel that way. The challenge is keeping consistency when everything around is permanently moving. Can you keep the course of your values and vision no matter what the situation is? In times of uncertainty, I found this list of internal questions very helpful to take a step back, reflect, and act on the things I can change. How is this event affecting me and why? What is the underlying fear behind this event? What can I do if this fear scenario happens? What can I do now? As we get more responsibility as a lead, it is easy to get caught in the daily grind and not prioritize the time to think about the bigger questions about the team, strategy, and culture. I found the core of the problem not to be the time but energy, You can have more time but if you have no energy, you go nowhere. Energy is the flow of life. So how can you get more of it? Some events use up our energy and some events boost our energy. The first step is to list all the events that happen in your daily life, work and personal, and assess if those take or give you energy. Drop, outsource or delegate if you can the events that take your energy. Prioritize the events that give you energy and where you can have the biggest impact. And redesign your weekly schedule accordingly. So after I corrected my own weekly schedule, here's how I prioritize my time and energy. I make sure to have white space in my schedule for strategic and creative work. This time is blocked in my calendar and no one can book a meeting at that time. I also make time for events that give me energy and inspiration, workout, dance, yoga, meditation, learning activities, podcast interviews, me time, time with friends, and my relationship. I try to pack my one-on-ones and meetings in the same block of a day to avoid task switching. And I drop meetings where my attendance doesn't bring value. If I need to be informed, I will follow up later on the conclusions, but offline. And I outsource tasks that should or would be better done by someone else when my unique skills and strengths are not put to use. So, this might seem counterintuitive to think that by being less busy, you become more productive. But don't forget, your main area of impact is the team. It requires permanent reflection, gaining new perspective, and finding emotional stability and clarity. For this, you need time and energy. In my final words, it's not about the volume of tasks you are doing or the number of decisions you are making. It is about the few but impactful decisions you will make about the team, your culture, and your strategy. So, how do you lead your team under constant uncertainty? Focus on what you can control, which is yourself. Build a great team and culture. The rest will take care of itself. Thanks for listening to this new episode of Raise & Play podcast. If you enjoyed the content and want to support what we're doing, rate and review the podcast, spread the word about it. If you'd like to contribute to the change too, reach out to me on LinkedIn for a collaboration. You'll find all the rest of the content on riseandplay.io, including my free masterclass on Conscious Leadership. Until the next time!